This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So I just have one question for you today. Are you ready to grow? Do you have what it takes to grow spiritually? That's what we've been talking about all this week on Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson from The Church Next Door, and I am here with my wife, Jennifer Jackson. I'm excited. That's right. And I'm also here with Pastor Doug McCoy. Spiritual farmer. That's me. All right. Hey, I'm like good that. with that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So for those people that don't know, uh, you guys are part of the team here at The Church Next Door. Doug, you are a pastor, and your focus is really on small groups and assimilation. Yes. And and so if you want to learn more about The Church Next Door, we encourage you just to text. Just text to us uh, the, the word CONNECT. You give them the number. 888-644-4034. You can text that word CONNECT. The uh, robot will answer first, but very quickly, I'm going to see that, and I'm going to reply to you as well, and uh, we will get that connection started. Repeat the number one more time. 888-644-4034. All right. You've got it. So today, we're talking about moxie, all right? And and moxie is that courage to speak up for yourself. I know it's a little bit older terminology, but I, I liked it because it kind of fit with the other words that we're using about motivation and 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 the M's, okay? But what I want you to see is, is that as a Christian, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to have a little bit of courage about who you are and what God has done for you. So let me ask you, have you ever been somewhere and you're you're meeting a new family and they want the child to speak up <laughs> and the child holds her head and is quiet? How does that make you feel? Well, you just try to encourage the child, try to still love them even though they're embarrassed to say anything. Okay, now, on the reverse it. The three of us, we've had kids and our kids have done that. How right? we feel as parents like, speak up. Come on. <laughs> yes. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing yourself. You're yes. insulting them. Come on. Uh, we've had these conversations before, child. You know you're supposed to thank, speak up. Thank you, at least. <laughs> now, now, let's let's look now from the angle of heaven. Your father in heaven, he's given you a new life. He's transformed you. Maybe he's delivered you from drugs and alcohol. Maybe you used to be a rageaholic. Maybe you grew up in poverty and and God's given you a new life. And here you are. You're not ready to speak up for him. I mean, how do you think it makes Mm -hmm. your father in heaven feel? Does that encourage you to speak up about your faith a little bit? I do want to please the father. Yeah, that is a good example of what we're talking about here. See, I, I when when Jesus when Jesus comes to to Peter, and he says, you know, feed my sheep. All right, do you love me? He's trying to break Peter out of that, you know, shocked. I don't even know what to say, kind of thing. And and we all have to go through that. And I think most Christians have never had anybody encourage them, challenge them, 
Um, I didn't have an option. You guys have all heard the horror stories, my parents. So <laughs> I'm young, and, and my parents, we had arrived somewhere. We I knew that, that we were going someplace that they were going to have to to share their testimony, okay? And then we would get there. My mom and dad say, we prayed about it, and we think tonight you need to be a part of the lesson. And And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm a part of it. I thought it was bad enough I had to come with you on this trip. Now I have to go up in front of the people. Well, what am I supposed to share? And my parents would always, they would give you a part of your testimony that they wanted you to share. Like sometimes I'd have to get up and share how God had healed my ears from, um, you know, having the German measles or the mumps. I can't remember what it was, but it took away my hearing and God healed me, you know. And so how... Who has encouraged you to share your faith? Who do you do you remember the first time you had to share your faith somehow or to speak publicly? When did that happen for you? I would have been in high school at some point. I, I do know that one time I gave a dollar to a fella who was, you know, on the street. And this group of friends that I was with was like, What are you doing? That's so stupid. And I quoted you know, Second Corinthians nine, which I didn't even know it was Second Corinthians nine at the time. Wow, I had just isn't that heard cool? it. Yeah, the Holy Spirit reminded you though. It'll yeah, bring back. That's cool. And, see, and uh, they weren't impressed, but <laughs> you know, that's what I had to do at that moment. Yeah, but see, God did something in your heart because you took that step. Mm-hmm. See, I think I think that those steps in your life, God says, "Okay, I can trust God, Doug. I'll give him a little bit more responsibility now," and it opens up more doors. And that's what I want people to see about this growth. And if you'll have the courage to take a take a half a pan of cookies to your neighbor and just say, I wanted you to know that I'm so glad you're my neighbor and that I'm here. And, and then maybe you want to close out with, is there anything going on in your life that I can pray for you? I get up every day and I pray and I pray for the people in our neighborhood. And I just wanted to know, is there something you're asking God for that I can agree with you that he'll do. That's powerful in people's lives. How about you? What do you, Jen, what do you remember first time you shared? My maiden name was God B. So Mm -hmm. God was in my name. And I remember in junior high going, God, it's like a billboard. Just can't even get away from you anywhere. Like why? Why do you have to be my last name? You you were so tall. So you were, you were, you were a tall billboard. I had a list of things I wanted to do wrong, (laughs) a long list. And I just felt like, ah, and they, they really made fun of my name. And so then they would start saying, God B with you. And I would say, well, and also with you. And so I kind of just leaned into it and I, I, more to me, it was inviting people to church. So that for me was the starting point was having the courage to realize, okay, I'm not perfect. I'm still making mistakes, but I I can at least invite them to church. And I invited lots of people to church. Well, and that really started for you in World Outreach, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was you, in high school or were, junior high. Yeah, both. it was a, that yeah. was in Murfreesboro at World Outreach Church, mm-hmm. and and um, that's really cool. Uh, now, hold it. You said something there that I want to go back to. You said you had this list of things that you wanted to do <laughs> that were not godly. And I did some of them. <laughs> and, and, and Well, but see, that's that's what I'm trying to help people find every week. I knew if week. I was going to invite people to church, I had to change it was constantly in my See, face. See, that is the tension. We actually talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. See, this is the tension that you and I feel. And we have to somehow, we have to get to the point that we're just honest, that there's things in my life 
that I'm still desiring that I shouldn't be desiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's what people don't understand. And and we're worried that people will call us out as hypocrites yep. because of right. what we know inside. And yet we've got to deal with that. And And I think if you truly have moxie, if you have courage, you'll even own that with people and say, well, you just got to understand, I'm still struggling with the idea of you know, saying something bad when someone cuts me off in traffic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you need to know traffic is probably one of my hardest spiritual challenges because I I see <laughs> the ungodly. Please, if you're out there on the highway right now, use your turn signals, okay? Yeah. You're, you're, you're really stressing someone like me out oh, that you're Ohio, just changing lanes without yeah, uh, a turn signal. Yeah, signal. Ohio drivers make it harder because we were recently evaluated as, as number five of the worst drivers. And, <laughs> oh and we think gosh. that's mostly because of Columbus. You know, it's not because of Morrow County or Knox County or it's, it's Franklin County. It, no, I think it's I'm sorry. I think, it, I think it's some of the rural people come to the city, and I think it's the that the city people go to the country, and they don't realize there are different rules for the road right. in different locations. Traffic never bothers me, and so I think it's a personality thing. Jennifer, like, you, it just doesn't bother me. Like it, if they're what direction they're going or not going. That's what, because you're talking on your me. phone. Oh no, you're you're, you're talking <laughs> yeah. through the the Bluetooth on your phone while Possibly. you're driving. Sometimes we're yeah. about three minutes away from two seventy. Uh, where my wife and daughter and I live, and I can seriously lose my religion in that three minutes. So before I even get on the highway, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is great. All right. okay, I got to move on. What, what about but, Moxie? But can you stand up for who you are? And, and can you can you be honest about who you are before you came to know Jesus? Now, that's what I think is really essential in this. And then, you know, when did when did you finally take God seriously? See, I think most of us, well, there's this gap between um, we come to know God, but then we start taking him seriously. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's a crisis. Sometimes it's it's something that we've really got to deal with. You know, maybe it's it's a change in what's going on in your family. There's this there's this this tense moment, this 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 brokenness. And see, if you can begin to to look at your life in terms of uh, when that really happened and share that with people. For me, I grew up in a Christian home, and like Jennifer was just describing, there were times in my life when I really didn't want to live for God. I wanted to live for the world. And I remember um, it was around my first year of college when I said, "No, God, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm giving up." the imagination that I can love the world and that I'm going to serve you. And I think that most people have got to know when was that in their life. And that really helps. Yeah. There's a point where you accept Christ and there's another point where you say, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to identify with Christ. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to suffer with Christ. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's really hurt the evangelical Christian world to imply that accepting Christ was the transition and I disagree. I believe that it was a step along the progression. Very important step. Yes, well, it's essential, but but at some point you have to decide the lordship issue. Yeah, think about the, this verse that you have here, the John 21 passage, where his message to Peter was, you're going to feed my sheep. You're, it's not just that you're going to believe, you're going to work. But if you flip that all the way back to when he first calls him, 
it, it was thinking, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Different metaphor, but it wasn't, hey, follow me and you'll go to heaven when you die. Follow me and I'm going to bless your life. Follow me and I'm going to put you to work. That's so it's, right. it's part of the faith to take this seriously. Well, and can I, can I, can I say something about that? The, the difference between being a fisherman and a shepherd is big, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fishermen, they, they worked at night and then they, they had time off. The, the shepherd, it's a, it's a seven-day-a-week thing. Yeah. If you fish and you have a good haul, you can have some days off. And and what I know about the agrarian life is, if you own a farm, at least that's what I grew up on, we had to water and feed twice a day, mm-hmm. every day. It was there seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. And and if, if God calls you, uh, you have to realize it's not just a once-a-week gig. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you think about the same Peter here. He says to always be prepared to have an answer for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness. Do this with respect. That's a challenge, I think, for all of us. What do we need to stand up for? Well, I, I think the issue is is that as Christians, we, we kind of get settled into this mode that they're professional Christians. And, you know, in the time of Christ, there were no professional Christians. And we're all expected to be Christians all the time. And I think layered in on top of that is we live in a more suburban urban world and we don't understand the the rural concept of it's it's got to be taken care of every day the that every day you get up and you have to manage what's going on if you're going to to grow things and that's why understanding growth you do have to at least imagine the the rural world, you have to understand a little bit of a garden. It's good for you to have green things around you. They make you feel better and everything. It's so um, we need to begin to to prepare ourselves to live a life where our Christianity impacts um, every day, everything that we do. And the moxie is just to believe that your life matters every day and you're going into it, Okay. So what else do we stand up for? What do we need to, I, I mean, I think we also have to, to do this for God's people. A lot of times I hear people complain about God's people or the church or God's word. They don't, la- don't like certain things God's word says. And I think we have to also be willing to stand up and have the courage to stand up for those things. I mean, I, I went to uh, a seminary that believed that the Bible was the word of God. Okay? Yeah. But uh, both my brothers went to a seminary that was more liberal, and that that school basically they they would tell them, well, you know, there's there's multiple authors here, and and you have to realize that the notion that you can't rely on the Bible has been around a long time, but it has resurfaced over the last twenty years, and it's been raging. And it's built on lies. It's built on lies that go back over uh, 150 to 200 years that are just wrong. With the finding of the Dead Sea Scrolls, with with all the different things that we found archaeologically, all those lies that took place 100, 150 years ago were just kicked out because we now have older copies of the text that prove that the original text that you and I had was accurate. 
and yet we have these people on the History Channel. It, it's so frustrating to me. And yeah. National Geographic that are still mm-hmm. espousing things. I, I mean, let's be honest. Um, in a lot of ways, the the theories uh, of evolution have been blown away because they just weren't true. We don't have some of those gaps that yeah. they claimed that we had. Well, actually, even just this week, they found King Hezekiah's inscriptions and all of his little rules and edicts. And I mean, it's incredible, yeah. the stuff they found, they that found, they keep finding. They found more stuff about Hezekiah, yes. Amazing. You never find any of Odin's stuff. You know, you never no. find any of Zeus's stuff. But because we, they don't exist. Exactly. But we keep finding David's stuff. I, I think there's a, a video on YouTube. I didn't watch it, but they found like like a giant spear that said, yeah, see, there were giants because look at how big this spear oh, wow. is, you know. But that's we have to accept that the enemy or the way of this world is going to accuse us of being stupid. Yeah. And we say that, that you know, God's were saying that's one of the risks we're taking. But if you think about it logically, you know, I have run into atheists that say, well, why can't we just love one another? And I'm saying, well, do you know where that comes from? <laughs> you know, that that comes from somewhere. It it's sounds familiar. Well, if you can trust the Bible on that, that mm-hmm. we ought to love one That's another, right. then you can trust the Bible on, yeah. hey, maybe you ought to control yourself sexually before mm. you get in trouble. Exactly. That's that's the next thing. You've got to have the moxie to stand up for morality and God's standards. And we've had a church uh, in American culture that's been willing to say, well, you know, it's okay if you want to experiment sexually. No, it's not okay. God says that you're to be self-controlled. It says that marriage is between one man and one woman. And, you know, we've got to to look at these things because our children are going to pay. Our culturally, uh, what, we're, what we're doing in terms of sexuality, we're, we're taking the sexual revolution and, and expanding it to really make a, a dangerous world for our children and our grandchildren. And and we've got to speak up as Christians and say, we know for a fact that when you when you play around with sexuality in this way, you harm people. You harm their soul, you harm their 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 way of thinking, their emotions. You can damage them. And they're physically damaging children. It's just horrendous. It is. You know, God's word is for our protection and it's a guide. And I think one of the reasons first Peter there, he says, you know, do this with gentleness and respect. We can love one another and we can share God's word with gentleness and respect. Yes. That's, uh, I think, some ways we get off because we aren't loving or or respectful, but it doesn't mean we compromise the word of God. We, we hold tight to it. And we survive, you know, when, when, I mean, I was always afraid, you know, you hear about persecution, you hear about opposition when you're a kid and I was always afraid, but the times I've experienced it haven't been so bad. One time I was at Taco Bell and this couple from church, and I didn't want to discuss these things in Taco Bell, but the lady, she wanted to discuss some stuff. And so that train (laughs) pulled out of the station and all I can do is ride it. So I'm giving them biblical godly counsel. Well, this lady hears and she stands up and comes to our table and she says, you are ugly people. I don't care what God you Mm. think you believe in. And she stomped out the door screaming, "Um, I'm still alive today. I still got my legs. I still got my wallet. I'm doing Mm -hmm. just fine. Mm -hmm. She didn't hurt me as much as she thought she would. So I know that it looks intimidating, but as is always the way in the things of the Lord, the, what the enemy says he can do is is not really what he actually can do. Yeah. I think that what's happened to a lot of us is in our immaturity as a Christian. So when we were a young Christian, 
and we were embarrassed uh, about sharing our faith because we didn't have the confidence yet. We didn't have the moxie yet. We we were we weren't sure why the other Christians were so bold, and we kind of backed off. Well, now we've matured and we're like, wow, I was really wrong. And we've got to own up that we're now the mature people in the room in Christianity and that we have to stand up for it. And we may need to apologize and say, you know, I used to be wrong Mm -hmm. because I, I was embarrassed when Christians would go public with their faith. And now I'm going public with my faith. And see, you have to confess that to God. You have to say, God, forgive me because I was embarrassed of you. God, forgive me because I wasn't willing to stand up. The, the example I used in the, in the lesson this week was, was Esther. And she basically said, well, I'm, I'm going to stand up, but I need you guys to pray with me. Are you praying for your pastors to stand up? Does your pastor know that, that you have his back, that if he speaks up this week about the pain and the heartache that our approach to selling young children transgender as a healthy way. Mm. I mean, the implications just physically that we're going to harm these children if we give them these hormones. Open their body to cancer. That's right. It's it's terrible what we're saying. And, And if he speaks up and says, listen, we need to pump the brakes here and help our community not allow transgenderism to harm our children. It's one thing if an ungodly person is an adult and they're choosing to do something, but now we're letting children be harmed. I mean, that's horrible, okay? We've got to speak up. And does your pastor know that you will support him when he speaks about that? Or does he think, I'm going to lose my job? And that's part of the problem. We have weak pastors and we have weak congregations, and that's why Moxie's important. We are a sleeping giant. You know, oh. we're, we're quite a force if we would band together and uh, actively oppose what the enemy is trying to do. If we just all show up at church regularly, it would it would transform our city, our nation, and our world because people would say, wow, they're going back to church. I mean, they would see that the businesses would notice that we're not all going to church go into the shopping center on Sunday rather than the church the 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 sports bars wouldn't be as full on Sunday i mean if we made some drastic choices and had a little bit of moxie well you may be underestimating how much your prayers are appreciated for your pastor for the staff because oh, they desperately need them and how much just even a word of encouragement to them. Just keep going, keep those church doors open, keep yourselves out there, keep praying because they need that encouragement. And, and that we've seen a lot of pastors uh, retire, oh, yeah. resign over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. The, the, there's a lot of churches out there that don't have a pastor. Get some moxie. Right That's right. Get some moxie. Get out there and share your faith. I'm Pastor Doyle, and this is Jennifer and Doug. We're all from The Church Next Door, and we want you to know you are The Church Next Door. We love you. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now. Because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful, and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and 
agree in prayer right now what you're doing. Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. You know, I love kids, and I have so many friends that have adopted children. So today we're going to pray for children and for adoption. Lord, we know that you're a fruitful God, that, that from the very beginning you wanted us to be fruitful, that, that children are important to you that you have a heart for children and widows and orphans. And so, Lord, we have aligned our lives with you. We have aligned our lives with being fruitful. Now, we, we realize we realize that the world in which we live has had some very negative attitudes towards children in the womb. And we know that we've been participants, whether that was willing or unwilling or just confused. But today we come because... We're asking you for more children in our world. Some of us right now, we've been praying for children and others have been praying for grandchildren. We have, we have friends, Lord, that have desired to be pregnant and we agree with them right now. We pray that we will still see more children come into life. Others of us, Lord, we, you've been tugging at our heartstrings and you've been saying, I need you to take in an orphan. And God, we've been frightened by that. Lord, we're praying today, if that is the answer that you seek, if it's time for us to to welcome children into our lives, we want you to know, God, you are the Lord of life. You are our Father in heaven. And we're saying we want to see more children come. And God, we know that that may mean miracles. You may have to open up adoption agencies and pathways. You may have to open up wombs. God, you may have to create these children in miraculous situations. And we say yes to the miracle of life. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast 
an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.